welcome to the Unraveled Academy podcast. This is a place where artists can speak openly and candidly about their creative journey, and we are so happy that you are here. Hi, everyone. I'm Ko Hodges, one of the co-founders and lead instructors at Unraveled Academy, and I'm here with my amazing work wife, Sarah Driscoll. Hi. <laughs> and today we have the pleasure of interviewing the insanely talented Ace Fanning, who is a photographer based in Phoenix, Arizona, my hometown. Uh, he's an educator, uh, also an instructor at Unraveled Academy, and just one of our favorite people. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Ace. Thank you, guys. Oh, this is so cool. Um, so these interviews are incredibly candid and filterless. So let's start at the beginning of your creative journey. When did you start taking photographs and why? So I didn't actually start taking photographs until um, I was like 20 years old. And the only reason I started taking pictures was because of the fact that I had, uh, I don't know at the time, but now I know I have like 15 nieces and nephews. And it was just <laughs> like, I wanted to photograph them. Um and they're they're all really cute kids, so that's kind of like why I started it. And from there, and I had no intentions of ever being a photographer or anything. And then a lady saw the pictures of my nieces and nephews, and she was just like, I'd like for you to take those pictures of my baby. And I was like, ooh, fuck, okay. <laughs> and I did it, and it was terrible. And, um, and then she just kept sending people to me, and I was like, fuck, like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I literally had no clue. I was editing in um, Picasso and Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was a mess. And it was just, but I, I tell people all the time, like, I'm, I feel like I love the fact that it didn't start as a business. It started as just like a chance thing where one lady basically just made me do it. And she's <laughs> been my client ever since. And it's funny because her daughter is, um, well, she's turning nine, but she's, you know, like my, the age of my business follows basically how old she is minus three months. Oh, I love mm. that. Oh, I, I love feel that. like it's so cool when it starts like that with photography. It's kind of how it happened for me too. It, it was just like a fluke, you know, people started asking and I was like, oh shit, I guess this is gonna like be something. And it's so cool when you don't have that kind of pressure and you just get to like create in the beginning and let it flow naturally. Yeah. And, and, and I tell people all the time because it's hard. The, the hardest thing for me to give people advice on is like business because I'm like, right. when I started my business, I lived at home. I had a part-time job. I was going to school full-time. I'm like, I didn't, it didn't really matter. Like, right. you know, the, the yeah. income aspect of it was just, it was more like, well, I'm trying this and if it fails, it's okay. And, and my goal with it was only ever to do it in college. Like, I'm just like, I'll do this as like a part-time thing. And then like, senior year came and I was kind of like, well, I'm doing this like a lot. And, and then I was like, well, for sure, when I graduate, like, I'm not going to do it anymore. And then it just, uh, it never, um, I never stopped. I just, I was like, fuck it. I don't want to get a real job. Um, I'm just going <laughs> right. to keep doing this. And right. I haven't, I haven't gone on a job interview since like, <laughs> right. Well, cause how long have you been a business? How long have you been ace fanning photography? I mean, so that, that first shoot was like almost, I'm coming up on like nine years from that very first shoot. Yes. Um, I don't feel like I really called myself a business until like a year into that because I just randomly kind of did stuff and 
had no idea what I was doing at all. Like I just, I showed up with like my Canon Rebel and my kit lens and I just hoped for the best. (laughs) And they were like, they didn't even like, they were like, how much do we pay you? And I was like, I don't know, like uh, 50 bucks or hundred bucks or whatever. It was just like a fucking mess. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I feel like eight years, I I say eight years. And that first year was like, because for most people, like they have that growing up. They're like, you know, I grew up with a camera in my hand and, Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I literally, actually, my goal in life was to be in front of the camera. I wanted to be, I was obsessed with like acting. Um, and I wanted to be like in front of the camera and it just, that never happened. Um, (laughs) and so like, that's what I grew up thinking my life was going to be like always needing attention. And then somehow I never, and I had never picked up a camera until that moment. Right. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I was 20. That's insane. And talk a little bit about that. Obviously, I know, um, you know, a lot about your journey, but talk about your age there. I really think that that a lot of people can relate to that um, at the time when you started and growing your business so young. So I think for me, like it was because the fact that it was by chance and it wasn't this pressure of and like I was going to school. I have my degree. I have a bachelor's degree. Um, It's in communication. I actually wanted to go to school for advertising, um, but I didn't want to move out because I'm like terrified of debt and I didn't want to have to like pay more school loans than I already did. Right. Um, And so I just was like, you know what, like this is just it's just a thing. And for the longest time, I wouldn't call myself a photographer. I honestly did not call myself a photographer until after I graduated college. Um, Cause that's, then it was like, fuck, I have to tell people I'm doing something. <laughs> right. Who am I? And what am pressure's I? Right? <laughs> Why? Well, like my clients show up to my parents' house. Um, like thankfully my parents worked like all the time. So I was home alone and I went to school at night. So like I would do newborn sessions out of my parents' house. Um, clients would pick up their stuff from my parents' house. Um, and they're like, wow, you have a really nice house at such a young age. I'm like, <laughs> my bedroom's upstairs my mom just yelled at me for not having it clean (laughs) (laughs) and I lived out of my car like I was constantly driving everywhere and doing everything and it was just it was a shit show but I'm thankful for it because I I see so many people who are like they're trying to get in on this game at like you know 35 and they have kids and you know their life is so much different than mine and I applaud all of them who Mm -hmm. are able to do that because like for me it was if I failed at this I could just go get a job you know there was no pressure with it and I feel the pressure now but I'm also in a place where I'm more because this is this is all Caitlin and my wife and I do and um like there's there's pressure now with it because it's you know we have to pay our bills and we have to do stuff but I'm at a place in my business where I'm more you know I'm more comfortable with myself and I'm more confident with myself so I couldn't imagine having this pressure in the beginning oh Mm -hmm, absolutely with children I remember when I, I was in nursing school and there was a lady in there who was at least 20 years older than me with four kids and just 
I watched her and I was just like, how the hell is she doing this? Cause I was in nursing school with no kids and I had the same concept and even worse too, when having to like start out your own business and if it fails, it's completely your fault I, with children and with like having that financial capacity behind you of needing to provide or you, or you don't, you know, that's so stressful. I couldn't even imagine. No. And, and like, I mean, you know this because we pretty much like, you know, Co and I, we teach this workshop, this one workshop together, and mm-hmm. every almost 99% of the people who come to it yeah. are women with children. And right. I always tell them, I'm like, you know, like, because when you talk to me, it's like, it's, it's like passion overload and it's a little bit much. You're just kind of like, all right, let's calm the fuck down. But because I, explain totally. to people, I'm like, I don't have, I don't have kids. Like, right. I don't have someone else, like, taking up my time. I have my dog and he's literally just like, he sleeps all day long. Like he doesn't do anything. And my wife doesn't like, she sits next to me at the, literally our desks are right next to each other. We spend 24 seven together. I'm like, this is my life. And I know that when I have kids, it's going to change a hundred percent. But I always try to tell people like, I can only give you advice from this perspective and it's your job to take it and make it applicable to your own life and you know if if you know like I spend a lot of time on social media and like if you don't have time for that then just tell me to fuck off (laughs) because I don't know what it's like to have kids right 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 well and I I do think you're right like taking taking everything that you're teaching and then applying it to your own life that's that's true across the board of like picking and choosing the things that are going to work for you and things that aren't and then expanding upon them that's that's what we teach here you know I think the hard part is when you're starting a business and you're doing it for the money. I think that being an artist or photographer is really, really hard to be and to do it well if you're doing it just for the money. And I think that like your story kind of proves that to be true. You know, it's all about in the beginning, just like exploring and doing your best and creating like mm-hmm. shit you love. Absolutely. You know, and if you, if the pressure's off, it's so much easier to do that. But if you're if you're starting for just the money purposes, it it might not be the way to go. You know? Oh, it's so no, hard. and it's it's so. When I was in college, I had a part time job, and I was the worst employee of all time. <laughs> Literally, it was at a chiropractor's <laughs> office, and people would call, and they'd be like, "Well, I'm dying. Do you think that you could get me in?" And I would look at the book, and it would be like half full, and I'd be like, "Sorry, it is just <laughs> insane today." We are so busy. And they're like, okay, I think I'm going to die. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and I wouldn't Bummer. get them in because I was just like, oh, I can't be, like, stressed. Uh, <laughs> and so, but, and I, I hated that job so much. I was terrible at it. And I was like, but I need this job because, like, hello, it's $15,000 a year. Like, and And finally, when I got to the point where I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to do it. That first month I made $15,000. Amazing. Oh, I was just like, fuck, okay, never mind. Oh, that's the universe that's telling right. you that's right. That's that's what I <laughs> yeah. think. The universe is rushing and being like, yep, you were a horrible employee at your doctor's <laughs> office. <laughs> and I had the nicest bosses ever. But afterwards they told me like, a year later, they're like, we have just been nonstop busy. Like, yeah, that's because I never put anything in. <laughs> I never booked anybody. That's so funny. If oh, you showed up gosh. at three o'clock, I was watching Ellen. Like, I didn't have time. Like, 
stuff. That is my favorite story in the world. No, it's so true though, because like well, for Sarah and I, like we have a little bit, you know, similar experience. We had kids when we started our photography business already. And for me specifically, like I had my other job, I had my full-time job and I wouldn't have been able to support my family on the beans I was making when I was a new photographer right out the gates. And I was horrible. Like I, you know, the pictures I were taking, I was figuring it out. It took me like 5,000 hours to edit one session. And I was making literally like a hundred bucks off of that session after everything, you know, all the expenses go into it. And I was doing, you know, a session a week. That's like $400 a month that, you know, that's not sustainable. So I kept my other job and slowly transitioned out of that. Um, and it's going to be different for everybody, but, um, absolutely. If you're starting a creative business just to make money right out the gates, it's, probably going to be incredibly difficult if not fail so the heart behind it is everything and and the actual creative process I would tell everyone and this is like completely off topic but I would tell everyone like if you want to be in this game if you're just like hey I want to be a photographer I want even if I you just want to be self-employed let's get the fuck out of debt because it is so much easier yes. to do this when there's not that constant strain of like, and I don't, I don't mean like crazy. I don't mean you need to pay off your house or whatever, but like paying extra money every single month is super, super stressful. And I'm just like, if you can get rid of that, like nagging feeling in your, you know, in your life, it's like, Oh, then I, I, I and don't get me wrong. I have to work. I'm not, just getting to sit around and eat bonbons all day, but like, it's not as stressful, (laughs) you know, I don't have debt collectors calling me or anything like that. And Um, you're not sitting there thinking, Oh, I owe this amount of money a month. I got to make at least this amount of money a month to cover myself. You know, you're, you're just more about, well, you know, I'll create, I'll like do what I can. And there's not like a number you got to hit, you know, cause that's when it starts getting stressful. Like when I need to make X amount of money a month and then it's just like, Holy shit. And you lose all your passion, you know, it just Mm -hmm. becomes a big friggin' pain in the ass. And then, I mean, you start thinking about like savings and it's like, and, and, and I also tell people like, you have to understand that my situation is different than yours. And the fact that like, as much as like, I would love to um, have a sugar daddy take care of Caitlin and I, (laughs) like I have to actually be the sugar daddy. Like (laughs) I would totally be someone who would pay in sexual favors all the time. (laughs) I don't have that opportunity. So <laughs> it's like when shit hits the fan, like back in September, oh. I got sick. It was just, it was pneumonia, but it, it, I thought it was going to be something worse. And it was yeah. like, thank God, like we're out of debt and we also have savings. Like right. we have enough savings to get by for one year mm-hmm. and it's not a fun year. It's not like we get to go on trips during that year. It's like the bare minimum year, but right. it's, it's nice to know it's there because if shit hits the fan and I can't, and my wife, like, she's never had a job in her life. She's, you know, and I'm not saying that she's not employable, but it would be very hard for her to be like, hey, my husband is sick or whatever, and I have to go to work. Right. Um, you know, it's it's an added stress in our life. And because of that savings and because we're in the position we're in, it's it's not as stressful as it is. Absolutely. Or as it could be. Absolutely. Does your wife um, do pictures as well, or does she just help you run your business? Like, what's her role? She helps me run my business. Um, the only time that she shoots is at weddings. She'll like be my second shooter. Um, nice. But I'm such a control freak that I could never have like an actual second shooter. So it's not <laughs> like I leave things up to her. Right. I'm just like, you do it. And if shit hits the fan and my memory card fails or something, like I know that you have it too. Right, right, right. right. 
and like especially during like the ceremony and stuff like she gets different angles than what i'm getting and stuff like that but um no she she's she likes photography so the funny thing about caitlin is like (laughs) i've had to learn about her is like she's she's literally told me she goes i'm really not passionate about anything (laughs) i'm just like what do you mean she's like she's like you just like you get so invested in stuff and you just like you know and i and she's like i love that about you she's like but I'm really not. She's like, I like things, but I'm not <laughs> passionate about really anything. And, and she, Maybe she does say she does. In your, in your relationship, it all goes to you. <laughs> yeah. But she, I mean, and she does say, she's like, when we have kids, she's like, I think that I will be passionate about being a mom and having kids. She's like, but just, I don't care about this other stuff that as much as you do. Yeah. And so she's always been really good about letting me like, do what I have to do and right. not like trying to like shut me down or anything like that. Right. I can oh, feel yeah. that. That's like, that's always kind of been me. Like, I'm just like, I was cool with just being a stay at home mom, you know, like my husband mm-hmm. was like, yeah, we could get by on this. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll just like chill and be a stay at home mom. Cause that's what I'm kind of passionate about as my kids. But right. then, you know, this kind of just evolved for me and has sort of become more passionate, although I sort of friggin' hate clients and I actually <laughs> kind of hate photography in general. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. So You're you know, so like, just, no, no, it's true. I, I do hate clients. It's, it's um, You're burned out. It's for yeah. sure. Yeah, but I think for me, it's just like I've always been passionate about about my kids and so maybe your wife will even fall in love with photography based on that because every time I take a picture of my kids, it's like my world is just like opening up. I'm like, holy shit, I love it, you know? Cause yeah. that's that's the good stuff. So maybe she'll find the passion when it comes to the babies and, and oh, I think, her pictures. I think 100% she will. It's th- literally like, I've known Caitlin since she was 14, I was 15. Um, and the whole time I've known her, I'm always like, I'm like, what do you wanna do like when you grow up? And it was always like, mm, I don't know. I don't really want to work. She's like, I really just want to be a stay at home mom. Yeah. Like, cool. Cause I've always wanted like, and don't get me wrong. Like we're not in a position where like, like once we have a child, like it's not like Caitlin can just like peace out of our business and we'll replace right. her with someone else. She's always going to be doing something. Right. Um, but I've also been in a position where I'm like, I would really love to have like a stay at home wife, not meaning like, you don't do anything, but like, I also, my goal in life is to be home as much as possible when we have mm-hmm. kids Yeah. Um, and be around. Like I, I have friends who had parents who were gone all the time. Like right. my dad had a normal job, but like, he always made sure, like, even though I hated fucking sports, he was always <laughs> there to take me to my sports and he would sit there for like, the whole practice and yeah. yell at me afterwards that I was a pussy <laughs> or whatever, but, <laughs> but he was always there. You know what I mean? And right, I feel like right. that's like, I want to be able to be there for my kids. I don't want to feel like I'm always gone or always traveling or. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's always, that's always been the way for me too. It's like at the end of the day, I do this just because it's pretty fun and it allows me to be there with my kids because I'm doing it for my kids, you know? And And that's the best part about our job is that it is actually possible to do both. It is possible. It's difficult. And to get to the point where you feel like, a sort of balance is attained and everybody's story is so different, but it is the most rewarding thing. Like to think about having to punch in and punch out again for me um, all the time and answer to somebody else every day just to provide for my family 
it's stifling more than I can explain. Like to, to live on my own terms, it's, it, it's amazing. So do you know what the worst part about having a job is? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> you know, this sounds really stupid, but you always know where you're going to be at what time. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I used to get so frustrated because like in college, you know, friends would be like, hey, what are you doing next Tuesday at two? And I'd be like, I'm fucking working. <laughs> um, and I only yeah. had a part time job. I couldn't imagine coming to a full time. And like literally yes. now people are like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, I literally have no idea. Like I have to ask Caitlin. Right. And I like that. Like I like because it, it keeps me on my toes. Like I'm like, I literally, I, I honestly, if you ask me right now what I'm doing tomorrow, I have no idea. Oh, I love it. I love it. And obviously I know you on a personal level, but I know how happy you are and what you do. And I kind of want to transition into that right now because you are such a huge advocate and speak so often about doing things that make you happy and and living a happy life. And I want to go back to kind of the beginning of that. And I also know um, just on your social media, you know, your emotive and heartfelt words, you know, on Instagram and how you appeal to those who have suffered from an unhappy life or suffered from depression or are currently suffering from depression. And I want to ask, why did you decide to open up about your experiences and become a voice for that? Oh, so with... So when I was 14, I mean, my whole life, honestly, from second, I can remember in second grade um, is when I feel like it really, really started. And you think second grade, you're like seven, eight years old. Um, And then up and it kept getting progressively worse. And at 14 is when I started a high school and it was a high school I wasn't supposed to go to. Um, I did not fit in there. Um, And I just, I stood out like a sore thumb and it was like everything that had been happening for the past seven years just all came together at one time. And I actually attempted suicide. Um, And that was the lowest my depression has ever gotten. And um, what I noticed, what I noticed later on in life is I remember thinking like when all that happened, it was like, oh my God, I'm literally crazy. Like nobody else fucking deals with this shit. Like no one else is as much of a drama queen as I am. Um, And I was like, as I got older and the more I kind of started talking about it with people, I was like, oh my God, like everyone struggles with depression. Like you're, (laughs) it sounds crazy, but you're almost like you're not the norm if you've never struggled with some sort of depression or anxiety. And I was, my mentality was like, I'm the only person. Mm, Yeah. Because it wasn't talked about. Nobody talked about it when we were. No. And I don't know about, so I'm the youngest of six kids. So my parents are kind of older for my parents' age. They're, they're like right at like 58 and 60. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that generation really, really loves to kind of like sweep things under the rug. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and again, it's not anything against my parents or anyone's of that age. It's just kind of the way in which they were raised. And I feel like with where I'm at, I'm like the people that are my generation. It's like, we want to talk about it. We want to get it out. And, um, and my, what I've learned about myself is that my therapy is talking and (laughs) it's not my wife's. Um, but she will sit there and she will just like, if something happens, if someone makes me upset or if someone irritates me, I will talk until like, it'll be an all day event. Like I'll talk about it and then I'll shut up and then I'll go back to it and I'll talk about it. And I just have to get it out of my system because what I used to do 
was I would just pent everything up and I would try to sweep it under the rug, but it wouldn't go under the rug. It would just Mm -hmm. be there. And I would, and then eventually what would happen is a tiny little thing would set me over the edge. And that's when I would have like my full blown panic attacks. Um, And so for me, like as much as I want to talk about the things that I've been through to help other people, sometimes I have to talk about it just to help myself, you know, Um, to realize because and it, this sounds kind of weird, but there's a very huge disconnect between who I am now and who I was at 14. That was half my life ago. And I don't always feel completely connected to that person um, who I was at 14, because if if I'm being honest, I don't think me now could handle what that guy, that kid did at 14, um, because he kind of like, it was leading up to it. And now I'm like, I'm in such a good place that like, if you just threw me back into that, I don't, I don't know if I could handle it. And um, so for me, I like to talk about it because I want other people to know, like they're not alone. I like to, on social media, I like to talk about all sorts of things, things that are serious and things that are stupid. Um, Just because I, I feel like I really like the idea of just making things out in the, bringing things out into the light and just, just even if we just laugh at it, like last night I posted about how I now have stretch marks on my arms. <laughs> and I said, I got them on my thighs and I said I was going to get it together. And then I got them on my stomach and I promised again, I was going to get it together. And now they're on my arms and I'm still just thinking about food. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, that's, that's genuinely a thought that goes in my head. And I think a lot of people would be like, well, you don't need to be like self defecating. It's like, well, <laughs> it's honestly what I'm thinking. Like, right. Um, and I just think like people can relate to that. People can be like, "Fuck, dude, yeah. I got, I got those stretch marks." Well, okay, Co, shut up. You have them because you had children. <laughs> this body I'm pretty is only sure ever she birthed have to them Taco anyway. Bell, baby. Oh, f <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, I love you. Oh my god. Oh, but it's so true. Like your your open demeanor on social media is a breath of fresh air. And I've heard that from more than one person, not just within the Unraveled community, but outside as well. People you've taught, people you've helped. Um, for those of you who don't know, Ace was actually my very first mentor. Um, he's local to me. And I went to uh, a small shootout. I had I had known him before. I actually had rented uh, some props from him before. He used to own a prop <laughs> rental company, which is so funny. Um, but I had rented a wagon and some other shit from him before a long time ago. Oh, lovely. And I didn't that's know his good. name, but I remember being like, who do I write the checkout to? And Caitlin was like, write it to Ace Fanny. And I was like, that's a weird name. And, <laughs> and that's how I met Ace. And anyways, he became my first mentor and he literally changed my life. But the biggest thing he changed my life with was like being honest with who you are and being honest with who you are and, and sharing what you're comfortable with sharing about who you are with the world and creating a presence and building your business off of that. And ultimately that I teach that now I teach, you know, you are your business. We are selling ourselves as, as a business. If it's not authentically you, then it's crap. Like you have to be yourself. And that, that was you, babe. Like you really taught me that and you still project so much good into the world of just being honest, being authentically you and it's awesome. And I feel like so many people have relaxed and are able to share and able to be themselves and stop worrying so much about what other people think about social media and what they're supposed to be saying and doing and just being them. So it's so oh, cool. Thank you. That that means a ton to me because it it and it and I think everyone thinks like it's because of how open I am that it's it, it just comes naturally and it didn't. Like I went through times where like 
Um, I had to, and there's still things that I don't talk about, but I went through times where, you know, I would kind of try to be someone else and then it would always just feel inauthentic. And I was like, you know what, like, if I'm going to do this, like, I, like, I have to be me. And one of the things that I don't talk about ever on my own social media is my religion. Um, I used to talk openly about my religion and someone came to me and they were like, you talk out of both sides of your mouth. You say you're a Christian and then you're sitting here talking nasty. And I was like, oh. um, so for me, I was just like, listen, like that's an area that I'm not willing to open up to people because I don't want them to judge me for it. Right. Um, you know, I, I identify as a Christian, but I identify as like this loose goose Christian. And um, did you just do that accent again? Please? Oh my God. That's the best thing I ever heard. <laughs> someone pointed out that like every time you don't like someone that's something that someone says, you do it in a Southern accent. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. If you could just continue this interview in that oh, point, yeah. that'd be wonderful. Oh my God. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I mean, it's not always easy to be open, but I try my right. best. No, you do. You do amazing. <laughs> and like having taught with you for the past couple of years and the people that that relate to your story and like the dark parts of your story, um, it's shocking. It's shocking. And um, like we do this thing or Ace does this thing when when we're at a live workshop and he'll be like, OK, how many of you have suffered from depression? And all the hands go up. You know, how many of you have self-harmed? You know, a few hands go up. How many of you have tried to kill yourself and hands go up? And you're just looking around the room and you're like, holy shit, there's so many. And it's it's sad, but it's also awesome because the 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 honesty is there. It's OK. It's OK that so many people that more than not have suffered, that more than not have had an experience that was super dark. Uh, you know, I recently talked about something that happened, you know, in my childhood that was dark. And it was the first time I've opened up and talked about it to, you know, to the public. But it was, I got so many messages about, a, you know, a parallel experience because there's so many of us. Um, so I think what you're doing is amazing. And, uh, and you really have changed so many lives with this. Well, thank you. And I mean, it really is like, it's the best feeling ever to just know, like, it's it's the same thing as like, you guys can like, remember being back in school and you'd be like, oh my God, fuck, I didn't study for this test. And your friend would be like, oh my God, me either. And all of a sudden you were like, okay, thank God. <laughs> like right. I'm not the only idiot. And it's like, it really is like, there's, there's so much truth to like not wanting to ever feel alone. And you know, when we, we have these things that we don't talk about, we we feel completely alone. I can literally remember just like thinking, being in my room and crying my eyes out and just being like, I am so fucking crazy. And 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 the the hard part for me is also like, um, my dad is very much the opposite of me. He's I've only seen my dad cry like once in my entire life, where I do like a weekly cleanse cry. <laughs> um, and. He, he he grew up a much harder life than I did. Yeah. He grew up, you know, in a trailer park. He His dad died at a young age. His stepfather, like, beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and he had a much harder life than I did. And he's always been a lot, you know, a lot rougher around the edges. And so it was hard because – and my dad always wanted a boy. My poor dad. He wanted a boy so bad. He had five girls, and then he had me, thinking I was going to be, like, some sports superstar. And he got a, an emotional mess. And <laughs> – and it was hard because it was like I couldn't go to him because my dad always said, like, you know, the only reason you'll ever be in trouble if you get in a fight is if the other kid doesn't look as 
it doesn't look worse than you. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like my scratching isn't going to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh and so God. it was, it was, I mean, that was hard for me because I was like, I didn't want to tell my parents because I'm like, am I going to be in trouble for like getting bullied? And I don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I do not blame my dad for any of this. It's just, you know, it's, it's a narrative in which we all are raised mm-hmm. and it defines who we are. And I was just, mm-hmm. wasn't really, didn't have as thick a skin as he did. Hey, we're yeah. all recovering from our childhoods, right? That's right. <laughs> it's the truth. No, but I, I think I know. That what are we doing for our own kids? I, know. I worry about that constantly. I think about it's how not... much I dislike my parents and I go, oh, like, no. What am I doing wrong? Probably so much. <laughs> No this doubt. is what I always say though is because people love to give people other other parents parenting advice mm-hmm. and I always say like your own kids are yours to fuck up so <laughs> yeah seriously someone fucks so you up they are your it's your right to fuck them up no um, doubt and if people have a problem with that then they can deal with it exactly that is exactly right because we're all doing our own damage focus on yourself <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You're going to be the best dad ever. It's going to be so no, funny. No, I'm not. Oh, my gosh. And I promise I'm you, I will never ask you. I'm going to use scare tactics. You need scare tactics? That's what I do. I'm going to use scare tactics all the time with my children. I promise you, like, if – I've said this before, and people got so mad at me when I said this, but I'm like, if I have a runner, if I have a kid who's, like, always running off, I'm going to teach them a lesson, and I'm going to go to a park, like an abandoned park or whatever, and I'm going to have a friend come and kidnap them when they run <laughs> off. I'm going to, like, take them, throw them in your trunk, and I'll be this hero who comes and saves them, and I'll be like, oh, you want to run off again? No. I People literally like, oh. am, like, that parent who, who like, my kid, if my kid's, like, running away, I'm like, you're going to die! Do you want to die? <laughs> that man, do you see that man over there? He's going to take you. I know. The guy's like, uh, I don't want your kid. Yeah. <laughs> I literally like yell at my children like that they're gonna die constantly. I'm like, oh, do you want to drown? Is that what you want? I always like when kids run around the pool or something. I go like a, I go a little step further and I'll be like, I'll be like, if you keep running around that goddamn pool, I'm like, you're gonna slip, fall, you're gonna be paralyzed from the neck down, which means you're gonna feel everything but not be able to take care of it. So when you have an itchy butt, it's just gonna itch forever. And then they're like, oh god. I'm like, you're gonna get bent through a goddamn straw. And they're like, oh. Oh my stop God. running, thank you. <laughs> my kids will definitely be in therapy. <laughs> be, all of our kids will probably be in therapy. It's just, it's just the type of therapist. That's the, what I'm worried about. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, can you talk a little bit about? Let's talk about creative projects. Because, um, yes. like, you know, the bulk of your client work is like family and couples. Um, so, let's talk about creative work. Let's talk about your offbeat stuff a little bit and what this next year is going to look like for you. Oh, okay. So, the funny thing is, is like, if you go to my social media right now, like, a lot of what you see is my creative work. And people always message me and they're like, do you still shoot families? I'm like, bitch, seven days a week. I'm out here seven days a week showing my tits to families and sweating my balls off. Um, but I, I, I found that it's super important for me to like, I really have to like, I have to give in to this artist side of me. Like, um, you know, and like, I love working with families. I love working with couples. I love working with high school seniors. And the best thing about all those things is like, I get to love it. And I also get to make money doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And the the thing is, though, is there's and as much as people don't want to believe this, there's always a compromise. So every time that there is money involved with a client, there's a compromise. And that compromise can be something as much as like, I have to compromise with the clothing choices they're making, mm-hmm. or I have to compromise with the fact that these are the people I have to photograph, or <laughs> right. um, I have to compromise because this is the time of day or whatever it is. There's always some sort of compromise. And when I do creative work, I've found that there's no compromise. Nobody gets to tell me anything about anything. Like I've even, I've talked to girls before where I'm like, Hey, this is kind of an idea. And if they write back, I'm like, Oh my God, love that. Um, I kind of have another idea. And I was, I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds really good. And then I ghost them. I'm just like, no, you don't get to bring ideas to my, cause this is like my, this is my way of like really expressing myself. Yes. Um, and so for me, I started doing creative work last January. So not the January, the last January, 2017, um, because <coughs> I got to this point where I was just feeling really, I had just come off my really busy season and I was just like, oh my God, I feel like I made too many compromises. I feel like yeah. I let too many people like be in charge of like their own sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I want to be, in charge and I need to prove to myself that I can be in charge and that I, I can be this person that I feel like is inside of me. And so I did this session. Um, I bought an $800 free people dress, which bought means I bought in return. Um, <laughs> and we did it and it was the poor girl. It was like a short little dress and it was like freezing cold and raining outside. And I was just like, you're fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Her legs were like purple. Um, and what I found from just that one session is like, holy shit, like there's this whole other element to me and what I do. And I just felt like this huge, like weight off my shoulders. As soon as I finished that session, it was just like, I feel so much better about everything that I'm doing. Um, And then I got busy again and I was kind of like, okay, well that happened. And then I told myself, I'm like, cause in Arizona, the summer's really, really slow. We don't really work a lot. It's too hot. Um, no one wants pictures taken. And so what I do, what I told myself is I'm like this summer, so 2017, I was like, I'm going to spend my entire summer just doing creative stuff. Mm-hmm. If if session, if client work comes in here and there, it's fine. I'll, I'll still take it. But I want to spend that time really focusing on just one being like getting to be creative, but also two like knowing that I have a skill set where I can come up with an idea and I can execute it. Um, Cause sometimes with family sessions, I mean, there's only so much of an idea that we can have mm-hmm. um, because you know, every family is different. And when you meet the family, things happen differently, but where I'm like, no, I'm going to create a vision. I'm going to say, this is what I want. This is who I want in it. This is how I'm going to do it. And the end mm-hmm. result, like I really want it to look, and look like what I wanted. And can I do that? And I started doing it and I was horrible. The stuff I did was like terrible, terrible. And then I just got better and better and better and better. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, can this is again, why I want a sugar daddy is (laughs) I just want someone who can come in and like pay my bills and just let me do that for the rest of my life. Um, (laughs) Not going to happen. But what I found (laughs) from that too, is that like, number one, I didn't just get to express myself better. But normally in the summertime, 
because I didn't work very much. I felt like every time I'd start, the summer would come be over and I'd start to get busy again, I felt really rusty. And I felt like I was at the same place, yeah. if not lower than where I was going into the summer. Right, um, right, right. And now it was like, at the end of summer, I was like, holy shit, I've gained more experience and gotten better in this three months than I did in the past year. Right. And so then I was like, oh my God, I can't just like, this can't just be like a shits and giggles thing. Like this has to be vital to the growth of my business. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, and again, I don't have kids, so my time is mine. Um, but I, I'm like, whenever I have an opportunity for a creative session, I have to do it. And, um, it doesn't matter because I'm just like, it, it feeds me. It makes me like excited to keep doing my job and it makes me better at my job. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, and I would tell everyone, if you've never done creative work before, you need to get your life together and do something. And creative <laughs> work doesn't have to be like what I'm doing. Like everyone, a lot of people get fresh stuck on that and they're like, well, I don't really want to work with models who are a size zero and <laughs> I don't want to, I'm like, everyone has their own thing. And so like, right. if you're someone who's a birth photographer and you've been doing the same setup, because eventually we get to a point where we kind of do the same setup mm-hmm. over and over and sure what we do. do. And it's like, go do a birth, a birth story that's completely different than what you do. Mm-hmm. If you normally do it in a hospital, do an in-home birth session. Um, if you feel like you're always doing in-homes, do a hospital one. Like, right. do one in a fucking pool. Like, I don't know. People are giving birth all over the place. <laughs> um, but that's, that is your version of creative And my version of it is, is beautiful models because that's just kind of always been my vision of photography mm-hmm. um, and working with fashion. I love fashion. The fact that mm-hmm. I wear a 2XL at Old Navy um, does not stop <laughs> from loving fashion. Um, I'll never wear it. I hate wearing it, but I love looking at it. And so yeah. for me, it's like, I want an opportunity where I can use fashion and photography and bring them together. Oh, and I think it's so wonderful. And it's so true about how, what that does and what role it plays in, in your business and just taking it to the next level. And more than that, just like the happiness factor, shooting what you want to shoot and loving your time with it, separate of income, it's, that's just a huge statement and everybody should be doing it. And for me, you know, um, you know, I have to provide for my children. So I do have to make X many dollars a month, right. Doing creative work. And that is a lot of people and that can get draining. And so to go out and do a shoot, that's just for me, that's everything, you know, minus income, like, okay, I'm going to go do this and create something that I love. It's in my heart. Uh, what that does for you and just making sure that you make time for that is so important. It's, it's everything. And like, I hate, I don't hate editing. I'm actually someone who doesn't hate editing, but you know, editing can become very like mundane. You're just kind of like, okay, I got to do my thing. I finish a creative session and I'm just like, oh my God, I want to get dig into that goddamn fucking (laughs) session and just really (laughs) rip it apart and go to town on editing. Like, you're just like so excited again. It's like, I I don't know. Imagine like if your husband like finally like shaves his balls and you're like, God damn it, that looks good. I want to sit on that thing. <laughs> Probably edit that out. <laughs> no, really. You know I, mean? I would anything. ever, ever think that about my husband's shaved balls. But <laughs> I do, I do feel that way when I photograph my children. So. 
that's a yeah that was a really good mesh of concepts Sarah good job oh my god hey <laughs> save balls man I I could get on board with some of that Oh or I don't gosh. know, like maybe you just got home from the gym and you're like, oh my God, you're less fat than you were yesterday. That, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like it, it's just like you just need these things that just get you super excited. And oh, it's I'm like, that really. is what creative sessions do for me. Like I come home and, and it's, and I, again, because like I told you, I'm super, I'm very extra about photography. And so like, it doesn't just make me happier in my business. Like it makes me happier in my life and my wife is like god you're like a more pleasant person to be around and um because i just like you know and and i was actually we talked about this last weekend but love language like my love language is totally uh words of affirmation mm -hmm. and um for me like getting that feedback of like a session that was all mine and no one had any part in yeah. um it's like I feel it's like the biggest like confirmation that like, Hey, you're doing a good job. Right. And it just makes me feel so excited about everything else going on. Oh, and it should. And it's, and, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I know people talk about that a lot to be like, well, you know, I'm putting work out there and I want it to be validated. We all do as creatives. You want your, your work, something you put your heart and soul into to be validated by your peers. That's human nature and it's awesome and that's okay. And when it comes back to you, it, it's, it can be really beautiful and don't define yourself by that. Define yourself by what you want to put out there, but it is, it's awesome. And I am also words of affirmation. We did talk about this last weekend. I feel like a lot of creatives might be um might have the same love language um but it's just it, it is it's it's very interesting when you break down the concepts that make up a creative person um and then you know work creatively make an income off of creative work it's it's very fascinating we're we're an interesting bunch <laughs> well and can i say too that like and i get like the the concept behind unraveled you know is you know come sit by our fire. It's all inclusive. Like everyone belongs and everyone right now is, you know, preaching about uh, community over competition. And mm -hmm. I believe in that so much because I think that we all have something different to offer and we all have um, different outlooks and different perspectives that mm -hmm. like we all can stay in business. We don't have to compete in that sense. Right. But I don't believe that like, if we pretend that the competition isn't there, mm -hmm. then we're joking ourselves because like there are times like you know I get a little bit comfortable with where I'm at and then I'll see co post something and I'm like god damn it that bitch I'm gonna get her um, <laughs> what an asshole <laughs> yeah and you're just like you know yeah. but I I think that that competition is it's an almost an internal competition and I'm, I'm not trying to compete with her business I'm not trying right. and our styles are so completely different I'm not right. trying to complete or compete with her style or her clients or anything, but I just am like, wow, you know what? I see this bitch. She's getting better. My <laughs> ass needs to step up and right. I want to get better. And that's what my creative sessions do. It's like, it's my opportunity to like really try and showcase this is where I'm at. Right. 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 Oh, absolutely. The healthy competition side of it is absolutely it. And Ace, you talk a lot about, you know, when you're teaching other people, especially local, because we teach a lot of locals, and we're like, aren't you concerned that you're giving away all your secrets? And, my, and we're like, first of all, we don't really have any secrets. Second of all, better peers locally make us better. 
they're pushing us or pushing each other. I learned so much from students and I do push myself because I see their work. I'll be like, Oh, hot damn. That's awesome. I need to go make something beautiful too. You know, so we're all pushing each other and it's honestly really great. If we were all staying stagnant, you know, unraveled wouldn't even be a thing. So yeah, that's why teaching is such an awesome thing as a photographer and artist, because it allows you to not only push yourself and like create your own shit that you can teach about, but it like allows you to connect and feel like there's something to strive for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To get better and better and better. So you can teach better and better and better. Oh, absolutely. You know? absolutely. And I think too, like we, we all have our own spin on everything that we do. Like my clients, like I, Co and I always talk about this. It's like my clients would hate Co and Co's clients <laughs> would despise me. And <laughs> Because yeah, totally. Like, you guys like are so opposite. It's true. Oh, so opposite. And like <laughs> my clients are people like they are like, you know what? Um, when's our picture scheduled? Because I've got my Botox appointment. I'm getting my <laughs> hair done right in time. Um, I'm gonna get my makeup. You know, what? I'm gonna tape my face up so it looks like a brand new facelift. Um, and I love my clients. I'm like, yes, send me all of your doctor's information. Like, I've had chin lipo. I've had Botox. Like, <laughs> you are my people. And you know, and Co's clients are more like, you know, like. Like, every day is beautiful. We are beautiful as we are. And yes. I'm like, you'd be prettier with some Botox. <laughs> but again, you know what I mean? Like, it's, we all have our own thing. And, like, also my approach, like, you know, Co is very in charge at her sessions. But she's she's quieter and she's more reserved than mm-hmm. I am. And, like, when I do a session, I'm basically putting on a show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It I, is insane. And Co is so focused on, like connection between her clients and like the family unit and if you actually think about the way my sessions are all of the connection is between me and my clients and because when they're laughing they're not laughing at each other I don't ever let them talk to each other Um, (laughs) because I don't have time for them to talk so they're laughing at me and it's right you know, and, and unless you're willing to do the exact same things that I do and you can do it in the exact same way and that's your true personality then like you're never going to you're never going to steal my clients and I'm never going to steal your clients. Oh, absolutely. Oh, there's no way. So, I have been shot by Ace. So, he shot me and my family and my kids have never had more fun in their lives. All the dirty stuff we got to say during a session, it was so hilarious. <laughs> um, and they still talk about you pooping on their pillows, by the way. That's yeah. they that was their biggest takeaway that they had so much fun. But I could never ever get away with saying some of the stuff you say like if I went to a family session and we're like all right hot mama go shake your titties at me they I would have no clients they would not come to me anymore they'd be like this lady has lost her fucking mind and it would and, and I, it's something probably I say true. every day <laughs> it's so true so and then you couldn't go at your sessions and be like quiet like a church mouse like me and be like hey guys just go be with each other you know they they, they wouldn't come back to you no <laughs> they'd be like how are my chins when i sh- when i shot with you co when we shot together on the beach mm-hmm. in florida i remember being so surprised cuz you were just like you didn't say anything i know Isn't like you would have just like you would have just like walked around quietly the whole time. I was like, what the, f- is this fucking bitch doing anything right now? <laughs> like what's, what's happening? I know, right? You know, that's like that's just like you, you're just like mm-hmm. so quiet. And, yeah. and, and I am, I'm quiet too, but when I'm shooting, I feel like I have to like perform. And like, I'm, I'm the kind of shooter where like, I like 
when the kids are looking at me. Mm -hmm. Like I like to have the connection with the kids. So I'm usually like hanging out with the kids and playing with the kids and stuff. So yeah. like, it's kind of like a combo maybe of the two of you. Oh, isn't yeah, so no, great though? Because we all are who we are. And I will tell you, when I used to think that I had to be somebody else, it gave me serious anxiety during a session. When I felt mm -hmm. like I had to be on and and doing certain things, I would be like, oh, this, I have to do this. And I'd be so exhausted when I was done. And when I realized I could just be myself and what I was, what I was looking for was still the same, it was such a huge relief for me. And I started really enjoying my family sessions after that. So it's so yeah. cool to really know who you are and embrace that. Yeah. Right. I think back of, I told you, I wanted to live a life in front of the camera. It's like, oh my God, I get to go. These people are totally going to be laughing at whatever I say because they want to look happy. Um, <laughs> and I just am like, I feel so good when I leave a session because I'm just yeah. like, fuck, they think I'm so funny. You are funny. <laughs> my kids think you're the funniest person in the world. They still call you funny man ace. And it's so true. It was a blast. So, and well, it's, it's funny too because it's amazing. I don't know if you remember this, but when we did our the mentoring together, Co, mm -hmm. you we were shooting that family mm -hmm. and I was, you know, I was setting up my stuff and I was doing it and I was making them laugh. And all of a sudden I look over and she's not even paying attention to what I'm doing. She's <laughs> photographing the dad and the girl together because the girl had been crying and he was like calming her down. And she's photographing that. I'm like, bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> this is the money over here. And then she like showed me pictures and I was like, oh, fuck, I never would have thought of that. Right, right. <laughs> You know, and she's so great at what she does because she sees oh, those moments and she allows for those moments to happen. I don't ever allow, like if a kid's crying, I'm like, get them away from me, please. Like I need, <laughs> I got other stuff to do. <laughs> I got better shit to do with my right? time. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. This is just the best. Can you please tell us what you have going on in the next year so that people can follow you and follow your journey and what we can look forward to? Okay. So this next year is exciting for me. Um, I'm, I found that like, I, I love teaching. And so a big thing for me is really trying to focus on teaching, but also like, and I've, I've said this before, I'm going to photograph clients until the day I die. Like I'll be like, on life support and they'll be like you think we could sneak in a family shoot and I'm like sure Caitlin's got to lift my shirt up now um, and my tits hang to the floor <laughs> and wait till you see my balls pop out the bottom of my shorts um, but so for me I'm always going to do client work but I have found like a huge passion in wanting to teach and wanting to just push people to kind of reach like their own their own best version and mm -hmm. where it is that they want to be um so one exciting thing is I'm doing something called a workshop on wheels and this is very out of my comfort zone and I'm terrified to do it, but it's a 15 passenger van and me, Caitlin and two models. So like 10 photographers driving from Phoenix, leaving early in the morning from Phoenix to Laguna beach, shooting all along the way, teaching along the way, um, shooting on the beach at sunset in Laguna spending the night driving back the next day. And the, the next day is all sorts of like different photography challenges in which like I give them prompts and I give them things that I want them to try and do. Um, and I'm nervous, like putting 15 people together in a van for literally like 24 hours or <laughs> awesome. like for a very long period of time is going to be intense, but mm. I think it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I love that. And so I'm excited about that and just, 
you know, and I'm going to keep doing creative sessions and I'm going to keep pushing myself. Um, someone had asked me recently, they were like, you know, you talk about wanting to be a fashion photographer and I've actually kind of changed that mindset. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to be a fashion photographer anymore um, because what I've learned about the, the world, the, the big world that's out there, like yeah. I'm just, you know, small potatoes over here. There's, there are people like, big fashion photographers and what I found out is that they're basically like glorified tripods mm -hmm. so everything else is completely decided down to every last detail is decided for them and so I'm just like I don't want to do that like I have to have some sort of freedom so now oh. what I tell people I want to do is I want to be a creative director oh. um and I want to be in charge. I want to be the person who picks out all the details. And then if I have to hand it off to someone to shoot, I'm okay with that because I already told them what I want. Um, so that's that's one of my big goals is just working towards, you know, just constantly getting better and knowing that like, and I always tell people this is like, everyone has their time. We're all going to have a moment to where we really get to shine. And if I'm being honest, I don't feel like I've really had my moment yet, mm -hmm. but I also feel like, every month that I don't have it, I get better. And I'm thankful that I haven't had a moment to shine. Cause I'm just like, you know, had this, had my moment happened a year ago and you know, you, you have your 15 minutes. I'm like, I'd be so sad cause I've gotten so much better. Right. And I'm like, I, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait for that moment. And when it comes, it's going to be the right time. And I'm going to be in a place where I feel like it's supposed to happen. Um, so that's like what a lot of the next year is, is just really pushing myself, constantly pushing myself and trying to get to this point where and again i don't feel like i'm ever going to be fully content with where mm -hmm. i'm at i feel like i'm always going to want to strive to be better mm -hmm. but i look at my work from just a year ago and i'm like holy shit like i thought i was good and i'm just right. like no and Isn't i look at my stuff from eight years ago and i'm like oh my god i thought i was good and it's like i was photoshopping <laughs> rainbows into baby's eyes and <laughs> totally oh my gosh that's the best well, and I know you aren't going to say this and toot your own horn, but Ace is actually going to be uh, one of our instructors at our next uh, Unraveled retreat in Fairview, Utah in 2019. We're super stoked to have him. Um, I'm very excited about this. Oh, it's going to be so Can't great. Super, I will tell you, though, I am so nervous. You are going to crush what? it. Are you Why? kidding me? You're going to crush it. We're so, so excited. Everyone thinks like I'm super good in social situations and I get super nervous. Even like when Ko and I teach workshops together, I'm always like one time she was like, um, it wasn't a workshop, but it was like, we had this, like this Christmas party. And I was like, oh, she's like I'm going to be late. And I'm like, you better get your ass here. I can't say <laughs> hi to these people on my own. Oh my God. Are, are we the same person? I, I, I feel I like we that. kind of are. Like, <laughs> I, I'm such a friggin' psycho. Every time we have a meeting, I'm like, I'm not showing my face before you. Like <laughs> get your true. face in there. I will sit there and wait no matter what. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And, and then one time, one time I had to do one of these alone. And holy shit, it was the worst day of my life. It took me two weeks to get over it. Like, I was like, this is fucking horrible. And it was with Stormy on, on top of it all. And, like, she's just, like, so sweet and quiet. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't be sweet and quiet. I don't know how to do this. Like, this is horrible. Oh, I love you. And and once once we get going, I'm totally fine. But it's always that initial of, like, mm -hmm. like yes. Oh, the, the thing is, too, yeah. is, like, with something like Unraveled, uh, the retreat, it's like, listen, 
I'm going to be honest. I know, like, people aren't like, oh, my God, I came just for Ace. Ace <laughs> is the man. And so it's like I have to go up and be like, hi, I'm Ace. And they're going to be like, who are you? And I'm going to be like, I'm just another person at their retreat. No worries. Um, That's it. pretty much my role as well. I'm okay. like, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm Colleen's random shadow. I'm her shadow. Stop that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are so funny. No, <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. But I didn't tell you you would be best friends. Just wait. <laughs> Sarah, I told you. I was like, Ace, yeah, you well, we'll, We won't talk for the first 30 minutes. Of <laughs> that is true. That oh is my very gosh. true. <laughs> you probably like me, though, but you won't ever know it. You guys will have so much fun making fun of me. <laughs> Trust me. You're going to – it will all open up, and it will be just a co-roast. All in Utah. It'll be hilarious. Don't worry. Sounds like my dream. <laughs> it is your dream. Oh my gosh, you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, for those of you who don't already follow Ace on Instagram, you should. Ace Fanning. Um, please, please, please go follow him. He's he's hilarious. And he's also one of the smartest people I know. Um, Ace, thank you so much for being here. And, uh, and we just love you. Yeah, thank I, you so much. I really think that I want to thank you guys because I feel like you don't, fully understand like for for someone like me who you guys have honestly like accepted me with open arms and I tell you all the time like I know that I'm not the the face of you know unraveled I know that I'm not necessarily like the the person I'm not the typical unraveled person um I, I honestly have a hard time, I feel like, sometimes fitting into the group. But you guys have always been like, no, like, we fucking love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to thank you guys for honestly giving me the opportunity because of the fact that I feel like I am kind of an outlier. And, you know, I appreciate that more than you guys know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys. Oh. Well, and to uh, – right? You make me cry. But I will tell you right now. Don't cry, I, bitch. Don't cry. Don't do it. Uh, I will tell you right now, and you 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 couldn't possibly understand, but we get a ton of messages about our instructors and our expert panelists and our moderators and stuff like that. So we're constantly getting feedback on who is a face for Unraveled, and you're one of our faces. People fucking love you. And you want to know why? Because you're honest, and you're real, and you're a breath of fresh air. And what you have to teach is valid, and it it really, really helps people. You have helped so many people. And the fact that like we're a really, really highly, you know, uh, female, uh, entrenched world, it unraveled. There, there, a lot of us connected over the fact that we're mothers, a lot of us connected over the fact that we're, you know, working mothers or single mothers, or there's lots of moms and like, it, it is part of like who we are because Sarah and I are both that. So to bring people in that aren't us and are still just making waves upon waves of changes in people's lives. It's so cool. And this just, you know, brings the whole thing full circle, you know, come sit by our fire. We are all together on this. So this is our tribe. And whether you think you're an outlier, we, we all thought we were outliers on some level in some community somewhere. And we wanted to bring all of those people into ours. So that's why we love you so much on top of everything else. And uh, we're just so glad to have you. Yeah. Give us all the weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> That's our favorite. That's our motto, man. That's screw, don't, screw come sit by our fire. Just give us all the fucking give weirdos. Us all the weirdos. <laughs> if you're weird, you belong with us. Oh my gosh. All right, you guys, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks.
Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you are here, and we hope you walk away inspired as hell. If you are not already a student in Unraveled Academy, we'd love for you to join us. So go to www.theunraveledacademy.com and join our tribe today. And that link will also be posted in the show notes here. We have a seat with your name on it.